you are the body of Jesus Christ and God has given you great power and great authority and you will carry his presence, hallelujah, into this world that needs to know Jesus. You will in fact be true Christians. Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, we're going to continue this week in the series entitled Uncovering Our Identity in Christ, and it is subtitled Take Your Seat. It's time for you to take your place of authority and destiny in Christ Jesus. I cannot wait for you to hear the entire message. Now, don't forget, if you haven't heard the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.com. It's there that you can catch the entire series on video as well as audio. So check it out today. Oh, yes. And don't forget the podcast. Subscribe to our podcast today as well or install the app. We have so many ways that you can receive today's word on our website. Just check the homepage and also click the media button and it will show you links to all the related sites. All right. Without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled Take Your Seat right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. And the series is entitled Uncovering Our Identity in Christ. It's so important to realize who you really are. In this world today, it is, uh, the enemy is very quick uh, to tell you who he says that you are. You know, just bringing up mixed opinions and words and, and then you have some very uh, well-meaning people that can try to tell you who you are but they'll get it wrong every time because only your maker knows who you really are and who you were made to be. So we're going to have to say yes to the Lord. Yes, I am that. Yes, I am that. And as you do that, I'm telling you, your life will just be transformed and take on another shape and form altogether. And you will thrive in every part of your life. I'm not telling you that your life will be a bed of roses. It won't be a life of leisure. Um, there will be some difficult days, but in those difficult days, you will be an overcomer. Hallelujah. You will overcome. Hallelujah. Even our Lord Jesus Christ was definitely in the will of God for his life every day of his life, but still he went through storms, but he overcame the storms. And one of those that I, I just love to refer to is when the Lord was uh, sleeping in the boat in the midst of the storm. The disciples freaking out, but he was asleep because his peace was not dependent upon what was around him. He carried peace with him on the inside. And when your peace is on the inside, all hell can be breaking loose all around you. You'll have peace here. When you have peace here, doesn't matter what happens there. Are you hearing? So if we're one of those that's got to have everything in place and, and then you can have peace, boy, you're in for a rough ride in this life. Life will go up and down like this every time. You can't depend on people or circumstances or money or any of that to bring you peace. You're going to have to have your peace from the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right. Today we'll be speaking from the subtitle of Take Your Seat. Hallelujah. Take Your Seat. Now that sounds kind of funny to you because you're sitting down. Take your seat. But this is the word of the Lord today. And this is part four of the series. Now listen, we are about to begin. This is what I heard the Lord say to me this week. So I'm I'm telling you this. We are about to begin. Please take your seat and remain seated throughout the age. 
You are about to witness and take part in the next great move of God, which will be led by the Holy Spirit, directed by Christ, and it is for the glory and honor of the Father. So get ready. Hallelujah. Get ready. Take your seat. Glory to God. Now, you'll find out more about that as we go. Ephesians, the second chapter. We're going to start here today. Ephesians, the second chapter. Uh, verses 1 through 10 of the King James Version. And this is how it reads. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, somebody say, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved." And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Of course, this is where our title comes from. Made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves... It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen? Amen. Again, let's look at verse number six. Again, we're speaking from the subject of today. Take your seat. Take your seat. Verse six says again, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in Christ, rather, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where is Christ sitting? Very good question. Where is Christ sitting? Since we are sitting, sitting with Christ, where is Christ seating? Well, let's go, uh, where is Christ seated, rather? Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. Now, we just, we just read Ephesians, uh, the second chapter, but let's go back to Ephesians 1 and verse 20. We'll give them a second to pull that up on the screen. While they do that, I need, uh, uh, Minister Nelson, would you bring me uh, two chairs up here, please, and set them right here? You can get two, two chairs out to the cafe. That's right, online community. I did say cafe, so if you're in the area and you want some free uh, donuts and, and apple fritters and banana nut bread, you bring yourself right on here and get some. Amen. Anyway. So uh, bring, uh, just bring, y'all. yeah, just come on. They, they're going to do it, praise God. All right, <clears throat> so we are seated with rather we are seated king james said we are seated uh together in heavenly places in christ jesus hallelujah we're seated in heavenly place places in christ jesus all right for a moment thank you gentlemen uh consider this to be heavenly place a heavenly place and there are some seats here all right 
Now, somebody's going to have to be Jesus. Somebody's going to have to be Jesus. All right, well, uh, okay, you hold your, hold your horses there. All right, uh, come on. Uh, come on, Brother Gordon, you can be Jesus. Come on, sit right here. You, you did play Jesus in, in a play before, so praise the Lord. All right, Gordon's going to be Jesus. All right, come on up, Tito. He's waving his hands. All right. Now, for us to act this out correctly, uh, you guys, you're going to have to stay around for a little while. All right. <clears throat> the Bible says it made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So here is Christ Jesus. Bless him. Lord, help us. All right. And Tito here will be representing the body of Christ. Okay. All those that. So somewhere in the body of Christ, you'll find me. I'll find you. You know, I'm probably right here in the body of Christ, wherever. You see what I'm saying, right? He's representing the body of Christ. He's representing Jesus. He made us to sit with Jesus in heavenly places, uh, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where is Jesus sitting? Well, let's look at Ephesians, the first chapter, verse number 20 tells you, and it says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Actually, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. So if I be representing God, if I'm representing God, at my right hand is Christ. And the body is sitting right next to Christ. Are you hearing? I want you to see that for a second. Hold on a second. Let's, let's read that again in verse number six. Verse six says, and hath raised us up together. We're going to look at that part and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So actually, some translations say with Christ Jesus. King James says in. So Tito, hop up. All right, sit right here on dad. There, there you go. Sit right there on. All right, in Christ Jesus. So we, it would not be good for us to put Tito physically in Gordon right now. That would hurt them both. But use your imagination. Christ and the body sitting in Christ Jesus at the right hand of God. Okay? That's not something that's going to happen. That's something that has already happened. That's where you are. In Christ at the right hand of God. So the Lord says today, take your seat. Take your seat. Take your seat. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. So now let's begin to break that down because I want you today, you need to take your seat. You need to realize who you are and where you are. In order to do that, the Lord takes us on a short journey here in Ephesians. So let's look at this. Ephesians the second chapter. Now we're going to go back. Ephesians second chapter, verse number one. Because Ephesians the second chapter tells us what has happened what is happening, and it tells you what will happen. In order for you, to, um, in order for you to, to really value taking your seat in Christ, to understand what it means, you're gonna have to understand what has happened in the past. Once you understand what has happened in the past, you'll have more of an attraction, you'll have more of an appreciation for where you are. And once that is settled, you'll understand where you're going. So let's talk about where you were, what has happened. This is what was. Verse number one, it says, 
and hath, or rather, and you hath he quickened. Quicken is an old English word. It means to be made alive. God made you alive who were dead, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Understand that he made you alive, that is he brought you back to life, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So when man fell in the garden, when the connection was lost with God, we became spiritually dead and then eventually physically dead and the word dead here actually in the Greek is means, it means spiritually dead, but it also means destitute of life uh, that recognizes or officially acknowledges God. So dead is a life that does not acknowledge God and dead also means is a life that is not devoted to God, dead. Dead also means inactive, inactive as respecting doing right can't do right. Now you'll understand this. Again, the word here, uh, being dead, means that someone that is uh, inactive, someone that is uh, uh, destitute or does not acknowledge God, someone that um, uh, is not devoted to God, someone uh, that is inactive as respect of doing right. Can't do right. All right? Now understand something. This is, what, this is the definition of religion here. I want you to hear this. Religion says, man, in order to be in God's favor, you're going to have to do good. If you do good, you will get in God's favor. Well, see, that's a religious work because it's impossible to do good without the one who is good. So you go on a whole big roller coaster trying to be good enough, but how can you be good without good? How can you do right without the one who is right? How can we truly love without the God of love? So we keep finding ourselves missing it. That's why it's hard for people. It's hard for them to, re to live a religious life. It's so difficult, so difficult, because it's impossible to do good without God, and God is good. Are you hearing? And so the Bible says here again that... Um, uh, it says that we were, God brought us back to life. He quickened us, brought us back to life who were dead. We were inactive. We, we, were, we didn't acknowledge God. And uh, we were not devoted to him. We were inactive as in respect of doing right. We could not do right. Now the word sin tells you why we could not do right. Uh, rather, let's look at the word trespass. Trespass tells us why we couldn't write, do right. It says again, who were dead, inactive, unable to do right, dead, that is, you weren't acknowledging God, dead. It says, uh, in trespasses and sins. Now, the word trespass means uh, to fall beside. Grab a hold of this. It means to fall beside or near something. It means a lapse or deviation from truth or righteousness or uprightness. A deviation from truth. Now, once you deviate from truth, nothing you do is gonna be right. Amen. Now, let me give you this example. How many of you have ever baked a cake before? All right, all right, all right, all right. I know Patricia has, I didn't see her hand up, but I know she has. And there'll be some good cakes too, so good make you wanna slap somebody. Especially her pound cake, but we'll stop right now online community. 
Because I started thinking about some strawberries and putting some strawberry topping on it. But, and then I started getting hungry. So we're going to stop there. Come out. All right, here we go. So if you made a cake, you have to have a measure. You have to have some sort of measuring cup. If the recipe calls for one cup of flour and you have a measuring cup that says, you know, one cup is written on there. But what if your one cup is not a one cup, it's written on there one cup, but it's actually one third. And therefore, you have an incorrect measure. You have the right recipe, you know how to do it, but you, all your measures are wrong. No matter how many times you make that cake with those incorrect measures, because your measures have deviated from the truth, you don't know that you're trying to make a cake, but you're making it with the wrong measure. So no matter what you do, it's never gonna turn out right. And here we are trying to live right, trying to do right, and we think we have the correct tools, but because man has deviated from truth, deviated from the truth, it's never gonna turn out right. God says, that's where you were. You were dead in that. You were inactive. You could not do right because you had trespassed because your life had deviated from truth. You did not have the correct measure. Remember, God is truth. And when we step away from the one that is truth and try to establish our own truth, we deviate from the measure. It's impossible for you to know what truth is without knowing truth. Does that make sense? So we were dead. That was our condition. We, here again, in order for us to take our seat, we have to discover where we were. All right? So we were inactive. Inactive. We were dead, spiritually dead, disconnected from God, unable uh, to discern right, what is truly right, what is truly good, what is truly God. Because number one of our trespass, we trespass, in other words, we deviated from the truth. Make sense? Now the word sin means to miss the mark. Are you hearing me? Let's say you had, uh, let's say you had a, a roll of $100 and you were throwing it at me and you missed me. You, you get that later, online community. You missed the mark. My name is Mark. Anyway, but it's okay. I'll pick up the roll of hundred dollars. You can keep throwing them at me. But okay, now, all right, let's get here. Sin means to miss the mark. Now, again, I've told you many times I love archery. I love to shoot, take my bow and arrow out, and I go to I go target, target shooting. I love target shooting. When I shoot at the target, I'm trying my best to hit that center, trying to hit, hit that bullseye. Sometime I get that thing. Hallelujah. Other times, I miss the bullseye. I miss the mark. Sin means to miss the mark. Which means that I was trying to shoot at something. There was something, there was a goal I was trying to hit, but I miss it, miss the mark, all right? now. If we have, remember we were dead in trespasses and sins. If your measure is off, if your sights are off, you're never gonna hit that target. 
And this is the inactive state that man was in. God said, you're trying to hit a mark. You're trying to hit a target. You're trying to hit a goal. And your sights are off. No matter how many arrows you shoot down there, you're never going to hit the bullseye because your truth is off. And you've been living in that state, your truth being off, and you're frustrated and you're aggravated. I can't be good enough. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it because your truth is off. Your sight is off. And you are missing the mark. Make sense? So one thing that God does, he restores your truth. He fixes your sight. He gives you a fresh cup. No, that's not, a, that's, not a, that's not a cup. This is a cup. Oh. And then your cakes begin to taste better. And then finally you can put in some of that hot sauce I told you about. Uh-oh. I didn't say I bake cakes. I'm just trying to tell you. Nothing wrong with putting some cayenne pepper in a cake. We're going to leave it alone, Stanley, right? We're going to leave it alone. Let's just get back to it. I'll leave the cakering to you. Now, understand something. When God says you've missed the mark, God says you've sinned, here again, that means that mankind has been trying to hit something. Whenever you see the word sin, that means that he's been trying to hit something. So man was inactive, inactive. His measure was off. He deviated from truth. His, his targeting thing was off, and he could never hit the target. Well, what target was he trying to hit? The oldest target in the book. What happened back in the Garden of Eden with, man, with, um, with mankind? They were trying to be like God. Trying to be like God and kept missing. Where did man get that, trying to get that same mess from the devil, from, from the archangel Lucifer who said, I will ascend, I will ascend above the, the stars and I will be like the most high. He wanted to be like him, wanted to be like him. And he was filled with pride and, and man said, hey, I want to be like him, not knowing that man was created in the image and likeness of God. So the enemy came in and, and, and deceived man. Okay, if you eat of this tree, you'll be like him. But Adam and Eve, hey, you should have known you already like him. All they had to do was fully commit to God, give them give their lives freely, and eat of the tree of life. Are you hearing? But we chose not to do that. So man has been trying to be like God ever since. What do you mean I'm trying to be like God? Well, God is love, and you've been trying to find love and get love and get acceptance all the days of your life. Um, you know, God has ultimate power and authority, and he rules. We've been trying to rule our own lives, trying to rule other people all of our lives. There are several characteristics of God that we've been trying to conquer, trying to pursue all of our lives. I can't get no talk in here. Are you hearing? We've been trying to pursue his likeness. So that's the target. That's what man has been after. That's what man is still after, trying to be like God. That's what uh, this whole transhumanism thing, um, implanting computer chips in people's brains and, and trying to alter the DNA. I've told you about all this stuff. Uh, and, and science is trying to mix animal DNA with, with human DNA, trying to create the perfect man, trying to find out a way that man can achieve immortality, trying to circumvent God to get God characteristics. It's happening now. Are you hearing? 
trying to be like God, trying to be God. Okay? Apart from Apart from God himself, that's you know, just not going to happen. So man's trying to hit that. He's trying to hit that goal, trying to be like God. Now, here again, that's important for you to understand because taking your seat, and we're going to get there, but taking your seat, one definition of, of, of seating, sitting means to rest. Amen. You can rest now. You can cease from your labor. You don't have to try to be like me anymore because in Christ you are like him. So he allows us to sit. Take your seat. Let's finish on this journey and go down to, uh, go down to verse number two. Y'all with me today? Amen. It says, uh, wherein in time past, in times past, we walked according to the course of this world. We walked around, we walked through this life just like everybody else. Well, who is leading the course of this world? It says, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's, that's the devil. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. All mankind walk in that same direction, follow, following that same path, that same destructive path. Look at verse number three. Among whom also we had our conversation. In times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, this is so good. I got to get you. I'm going to have to jump up on this two times. We got to get you here. Let's look at this. He says, among whom, that is, with every, every other fallen person, that's where we were living, among whom we had our conversation. Now, the word conversation in the Greek means to conduct oneself, uh, behave one's life to live. In other words, uh, we live just like everybody else. Now grab a hold of this. This same Greek word has another meaning. I didn't understand this, but I understand it now, and you will a minute, and you will you will also in just a minute. The word conversation in the Greek also means to turn upside down, to overturn. Conversation also means to turn upside down. So grab a hold of this, among whom also we all had our conversation or had our lives or lived life upside down in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We live life upside down. In other words, man is a, um, man is a being that has three parts, body, soul, and spirit we live life upside down in other words we follow the dictates of our flesh we follow the dictates of the body body say we want it let's go get it no matter what it mean you got an itch you're gonna go feel it or you lived after your mind your, your soul you you did what you thought was right well sometimes many times without uh, worrying about the consequences you lived after your flesh. Whatever you desired, you went and got, and it always ended up in destruction. God said you live life upside down, and that was the state that he delivered us from. What's right side up? That is, right side up is when we live from the spirit down. That is, your spirit man, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, then controls your mind, and your mind will control the body. 
In other words, body, I don't care what you feel you want. You know this is not good for you. And I don't care how much you whine and beg. We are not going over there. I've been there, done that. I say no. And you're being led by the Spirit's power. And the Spirit is influencing your human spirit. And your human spirit is influencing your mind, your thinking. This is why the Bible says, have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Because sometimes your mind can get so wrapped up in thinking, you can be so confused, you don't know what to do. Or people can spin such a good lie and you think, oh, wow, you're telling me the truth. Oh, and I'll just follow you. I'll just follow right after you. I'll just follow right after you. Oh, I'll just follow right after you. Without looking, you fall right in the ditch. Are you hearing? Being led by the soul, led by the body. So God said, you live life upside down. That was the condition we lived in. We lived, up, lived life upside down. But now through the spirit, we live in life right side up. Right side up. Functioning and being led by the spirit. The Bible says those that are the sons of God are led by the uh, spirit of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So we're living under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is communing with our human spirit and directing us in ways to go, even when our mind does not understand it. It becomes fruitful. We're following after the Lord. Does that make sense? Now listen, it says, uh, so we were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. That's what we did. If it felt good, we did it. If you thought it was good, we just did it. We didn't live by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. We lived by what we thought and what we felt. Are you hearing? And it says, as a result of that, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. By nature. Nature means it was normal. It become a habit. It was, it, was, it was normal that you live life like this, and we were the children of wrath. Children means the offspring. Offspring of wrath. Wrath talks about um, those that God is angry with. Talks about those who, are, who will be judged. You were the offspring of those that God were angry with. And you lived the life just like your parents did, just like they did, just like they did, just like they did. Wrath was coming on that generation. And God said, you lived in that state. What state was that? You, well, your targeting was off. Your measure was off. You didn't do right because you didn't know what right was. Everything you tried to do always turned out wrong. And you walk with everybody else going in the wrong direction. Your life was turned upside down. You lived after your flesh. You lived after your own desires. And you know inside that stuff just was not right. And you were accounted unto wrath. The judgment of God was upon your life. But look at verse, look at verse number four. I love it says what? But God. That's another jumping moment there. But God. But God intervened. It says, but God who is rich and rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. But God looked at you in that mess and he loved you. And he loved you. Now look at, look at the very next verse. Uh, verse 5 said, even when we were dead in sin, he saw you there in your sin and loved you. He did not wait, of course, until you got your act together. 
to love you. He loved you even in the mess, even in the sin. Now again, what religion will tell you is if you do right, God will love you. If you stop doing this and stop doing that and stop doing that, then God will really love you. But God said, what, what are you talking about? I love them right now. I love them right now when they're in the club, when they were drinking, smorting, snorting and all that. I love them right now. And my heart is for them right now. God said he has a great love for you right now. And this is part of the message that we're meant to preach, to tell others that God loves you right now. This is written in his word right now. But here's that religious mindset saying, you got to stop this, you got to stop that, and all this other stuff, then you'll be good enough. But no, how can you be good without the one who is good? You know, when my children were smaller, and uh, you know, sometimes even now, <coughs> my son is there here to tell you, you know, um, sometimes they would get their room in a mess. As I did sometimes, get my room in, a, well, sometimes my office is in a mess. You know, it can get so much of a mess sometimes that you got to call in the professional to help. You try to do your best, hallelujah, but you got to call in the professional. So I call uh, mommy uh, or honey, come on in, uh, would you help me uh, get the professional organizer to come in and help me fix this thing together? Sometimes our lives can be so messed up. And it can frustrate us trying to get it in order, but we just cannot get it in order. Just can't. So you need someone who can see a little bit further than you. And our father can see a whole lot further than us. And he can tell you how to put things in order, how to make things right. Hallelujah. He'll fix your measure. He'll fix your measure. Now, here's what I want to see as we begin to close out today, because there's so much. We're not even really sort of tapping what we need to get into today. Look at verse 5 again. It says, even when we were dead in sins have quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved. Grace meaning, you know, you didn't do anything to obtain God's love for you, to make him love you. He loved you right where you are. Even when you said that you're no good, that you're nothing, nobody can ever love me, God said, oh, that's the apple of my eye. Oh, I really love her. Oh, I really love him. As a matter of fact, I love them so much, I'm going to give my life to die for them on an old rugged cross. Hallelujah. I'm going to raise them up from the dead. Hallelujah. I'm going to bring them home with me. Hallelujah. I love them so much. I'm telling you, don't you understand when God looks at you, he loves you? with a passionate love. Hallelujah. Let, let me tell you this bit of a testimony for a second before we get back in here. One morning I was up and I was praying and I was seeking the face of God. And uh, you know, my mind, you know, if, you, if you're praying, sometimes your mind begins to wonder. Your mind begins to wonder about different stuff. And so I believe I've heard, I heard the Holy Spirit within me say, well, just begin to think about my presence. Begin to think about my throne room. So I began just to, you know, think about what the scripture said about God's presence. And, and uh, as I began to do that, I believe I began to see a picture, an image of the throne room of God. And the most profound thing is how I felt at that moment. I felt as if, uh, like I was the only one in the whole world. And the father was like, oh, there he is. There, there, there's my son, there he is. I felt so loved, I felt so honored, I felt so appreciated. 
and it kind of reminded me of sort of like that old of that old show cheers you know when you walk in and hey norm you know like everybody knows your name and you just i felt just loved and honored and appreciated and accepted like nothing was wrong like nothing was broken oh wow right here in the presence of the lord and that's how he feels about you and i he loves you the bible says that his thoughts of you cannot be numbered his thoughts concerning you cannot be numbered. He really does love you with a passionate love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I understand something here. It says here, uh, even when we were dead in sins, he loved you. He says, hath quickened us, quickened us together. Say together. Now, watch, see this. So we know your salvation is not built on you. It was built on the grace of God concerning you. All right, unmerited. Now, once you notice the word together, we're going to read a couple of verses here. It says, again, when you see the, when you hear me say together, you just, you just call back together. All right, all right. When you hear me say it, then you say it. Make special note of that. And then we're beginning to close shortly. Verse five says, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together. together. With Christ, by grace are you, or rather, ye are saved. I want you to notice something here. And let's look at the very next verse. As soon as I can pull it up on mine. Well, let me look at it on yours. All right. It says here, what verse are we in now again? Verse six. All right. And hath raised us up together and, very good, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to notice all those words together. Together. We did this thing together now together means at the same time at the same place not to exclude the other now for a moment let's bring back our Jesus and our body of Christ all right where's our body of Christ is our body of Christ asleep all right hold on hold on a second you have to come together being raised up together and then they are seated together. Amen. Now that's big. They were raised up. All right, go back down for a second. They're going back down for a second, online community. They're going back down for a second. They're walking off the stage. Those of you who are podcasting later on, we love you. We're listening. I mean, you're listening and we love you. All right, so now they're coming back to the stage together. Gordon and his son, come on. They're coming up together. They are being raised up together. Matter of fact, go stand, stand back down for a second. Let me raise you both up together. Let me have your hands. If I'm representing God, let me raise them up together and seated together. Seated together if I'm God at my right hand. Christ and his body together. You see that? All right. Give them a hand for a second. Give them a hand for a second. All right, now let's read that together again. <laughs> let's read it together. That is, I want everybody to do it together, all right? All right, so let's look at it again. Let's go back again. Uh, verse number five. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Isn't that something? 
That's awesome. Now, we've already shown you where we are seated with Christ, and that is at the right hand of God. So we, God raised us up with Christ. Can you see that in your scripture, in your own Bible? We were raised up with him, right? Now, that's powerful because if you look also into how he was raised. Let's go now to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Doing a little bit of skipping there. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, as we close out here. I think this is a good place to close out. Can't get it all. But I want you to see how you were raised with Christ. Same book of Ephesians, right? Just a couple of chapters over. So it's still talking about the same type of raising. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, uh, verses four, rather verses eight through 10. Are you there? It says, wherefore, he saith, when he, talking about Jesus, ascended up on high. Now we already know he ascended with us. From the same book of Ephesians, right? All right, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and those that were held in captivity, he, he led them uh, and gave gifts unto men. Verse nine, now that he ascended, rather now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Look at verse number 10, this is what, what I really want us to see. He that descended is the same also that ascended, here we go, put on your cape, here we go, ascended up far above what? All heavens. Ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things. So when God pulled them up, he pulled them way up. When God lifted his son, he lifted the son's body way up. The Jesus, that is Christ and the body of Christ, way up because the body of Christ was in Christ. Now let me ask you this question. How many of you go places without your body? Please raise your hand if, if you go places without your, without your body. Uh, let the record be shown that no one, uh, or Gene is looking at me right now, but no one else, no, 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 no. Gene doesn't mind, he's my friend. Let the record show that we all go places with our body. You don't leave your head at home, although sometimes if you have a sinus thing going up that you want to take your head off. Anybody had that before? Oh my Jesus, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. But normally, we don't go anywhere without our body. The Bible says that Jesus is the head of the church and we are the body of Christ. So when the head was raised, so was the body. When the head was seated, so was the body. And as the head is seated with power and authority, so is his body. Now, if I look at you naturally, and I know, if I look at James back there, and if I know that he's been given authority, when I look at him and he's an authority, I just don't look at his head as being an authority. His finger's an authority too, as he tell me, get out. Don't tell me, get out, brother. Right? His whole body's an authority. If he's been given power, his whole body's been given power. It's not a different power that flows from the head to the body. It's the same body, so it's the same power. So here's what we're getting to today. We're gonna finish this next week or the week, uh, the following weeks, a couple weeks from now. Here's what we're talking about. Here's what the Lord's saying. Take your seat. Realize that I've, I've given you power and authority. Take your seat. Take your place. Take your place. Seat and be seated in Christ. Take your place. Realize that you have been granted 
official authority from the throne of God and that God has raised you up with Christ into heavenly places and are seated right now. You are seated now at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus. Take your place. Take your place, because when you take your place, that devil will begin to start running. All devil, demons, attacks, and all that stuff will begin to free, will begin to run from you in terror and in horror, because you finally take your place, you finally realize that you're not just some poor old wretched sinner, that, that God, oh, he saved me, I was just a nobody, nothing. God said, uh-uh, take your seat, take your place. Realize what I have done for you, realize that I I've called you to be like my son. You are predestined to be conformed to the image of my son. Realize that you are his body. You are the body of Jesus Christ and God has given you great power and great authority and you will carry his presence, hallelujah, into this world that needs to know Jesus. You will in fact be true Christians. A true Christian. Now let me tell you this, and then I'm gonna close again. Understand when the word Christian was first formed, when people began to first call the church Christians, it wasn't because a whole, whole group of people filled out an application and marked Christian on it. It was because the word was not known. They had known Christ or heard of Christ, and people would begin to walk around, and they were doing signs and wonders, and they were loving people. They were gentle. They were giving. They were kind. They were acting like Jesus. They lived like Jesus. And so people just began to say, Christian, you must be a Christian. Christian meaning Christ-like. You are like Christ. You are like Christ. They said that they were like Christ because of what they saw. And so how are things turned around now when we have to identify ourselves? Oh, I'm a Christian. I have to tell you I'm a Christian. I have to wear a Christian t-shirt. I have to wear a cross around my neck for you to know that I'm a Christian. It should be where they can see it and hear it and feel the presence of God in your life as it was in the very beginning. Not just by religious association, but the presence of God is all around you, all around you. One of the greatest compliments I've received over the last 30 years or so of ministry was when someone came up to me and said, Pastor, sometimes when I hear you preach, it's like I see Jesus. It's like I see Jesus. Oh, when I've been out somewhere and someone said to me, it's just like I'm talking to Jesus. It's like I'm talking to Jesus. Oh, when I hear that, it makes me want to go somewhere and cry because that's exactly what I've been praying for, that I would exemplify the character and nature of Jesus, that when people see me, they would see Jesus before they saw me. When they hear me, they would hear Jesus before they hear me. When they touch me, they would touch Jesus. They would feel Jesus before they feel me. I I want to embody him. I want him to be in me so much. Are you hearing? That should be our goal. Not just to be called a Christian because we check the box, but because our whole life says you must be because I see him in you. I hear his voice in you. There's something different about you. What is that? Oh, you must be a Christian. 
not because you told them, but because your life so exemplifies Christ. So I pray today, we'll get into this further next, next time. I pray today that you would dare to take your seat, that we wouldn't have false humility and false modesty. We wouldn't be prideful and that we would just take the place where God has said belongs to you. Sit in that seat, sit in that seat so that you may do the works that God has called you to. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us. Father, I release this word now by faith in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that it goes out into the hearts of people. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.